Welcome to Phoenix and Flame, pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. Welcome to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. Today, we have an amazing guest with us. Her name is Debbie Krasuski, but she goes by Deb Cruz. It's just a lot easier to say and to remember. Now, she had her dream crushed in corporate America and then listened to a voice within her that said, leave this place and start writing. She now is a published author of Soul Meets Body, Precious and Fragile Things, and Live to Tell. Now, her fourth novel, Date with Kate, is in the process, and all her novels are about following your heart, and in addition to novels, she has an inspirational blog. Deb is a certified dream manager coach and business consultant. She is an expert in dream rescue, which I can't wait to talk about this, She says, if your dream is a long buried seed or a squashed bud, she's here to help you replant it, nurture it, and bring it to full bloom. I'm very excited to talk to Deb. Deb Cruz, welcome to Phoenix and Flame. Oh, thank you so much, Dana, for having me. I appreciate appreciate it. And I apologize for sneezing during your intro. I hope I didn't mess you up. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> so I'm curious. Like, let's just get out. <laughs> <laughs> let's just go and just get that out of the way. Yeah. So, you know, you mentioned having your, it all kind of started when you had your dream crushed. So if you would kind of build a story and, and help my listeners understand what was going on with you and what happened that caused you to sort of veer onto this path. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I've had many dreams crushed and I, I'm not alone. Everybody has at some point in their life had a dream crushed. Uh, I just realized that my dream crushed, my dreams being crushed were on purpose because I wasn't fulfilling or living the life that I wanted to live. I was living other people's dreams and what other people you know, directed me to do. It was like, you're going to go to school, you're going to get a job, you're going to business school. So, you know, <laughs> figure out a major in that. And, you know, my dream was at that time, I was, I was a dancer at that time. And I was supposed to be in a in a college that I was on their dance team and I was going to minor in business, major in dance and start my own dance company. But that didn't work out last minute. I had to game change and go to school at home, which was basically a business school and that which is fine. I was like, okay, so you know, I'll switch it around a little bit and, you know, major in business just what my, what my visions were and what the school could offer at that time. Now it's, it's a totally different place. It's a wonderful world. Now it was, you're an accountant, <laughs> you're a CPA or you're a school teacher. <laughs> like that was kind of what everybody walked out as. And I'm like, that's not exactly what I want to do. But so I, I, I decided to go into management, which I'm still grateful that I did that. Cause I wanted to learn everything. I wanted to learn how to 
I'm the person that's like, I want to look under the hood and see how everything's connected and, and see how I could make it work better. <laughs> so I, I was okay with that. And I got a job right out of school. And, uh, you know, it was glamorous at the beginning of, oh, this job is great. And it was a lot of fun until it wasn't a lot of fun. You know, it was like, all I'm doing is like stamping this piece of paper and giving it to this guy to give it to that guy. Like this gets old really fast. And I was like, I'm in the wrong thing. I should look for something else. I want to go back into dance. And that just didn't happen. It, I kind of like was too old at that point to pursue a career at where I, I wanted to be. I, I lost those years which now is a different world. You can always go back, but I just, you know, was told no business. It's that it's this. So I, I was like, I'm not, I'm really not happy. And it was okay. Well, you need to move up because this is why you're not happy because you're not making enough money. That's what it is. You're not making enough money. Mm. So I moved up the corporate ladder and every jump, I was like, this really isn't better than where I came from. Why, why am I keep being told that it's going to get better? Or maybe I'm telling myself it's going to get better. And the money, you know, sometimes the money was better. Sometimes it was just about the same. And, you know, um, when I got to the top at an executive level, I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> you know, I, I had been jumping and I had been working myself to death in all of these jobs. I was always traveling. So I lost so much time. I, I lost about... I you know, in that point of my career, I had already over 20 years in. And I was like, all I've been doing is chasing this career that I never really wanted. I never wanted this career, but I keep being told that it's going to get better as I go up. You know, I, I didn't have a family. I didn't have good relationships because I, I wasn't around a lot or I was always mad and angry at my job or because I missed a situation or because I was, I wasn't who I wanted to be. I wasn't who I, I felt I was, I was here, brought here to be. And, you know, I looked in the mirror and I had this beautiful title and I had lots of money coming in and, you know, that's supposed to make me feel great. And I could not have felt worse. I was self-destructing myself. I, I couldn't wake up in the morning. Uh, I had a very long commute at that point. It was, two hours in and two hours out. And it was a very stressful <laughs> drive because I live, uh, I live up north, north of New York city, but I had to cut through like three boroughs, four boroughs to get there. And it was, you know, it's wow. not easy to have a drive to, you know, to do that, especially during rush hour and you try to get there earlier to avoid rush hour. And that's just stressful too. It was just a horrible time. And I felt inside of me, I felt was dying. I'd look in the mirror and be like, I don't even know who you are. You know, I was agitated all the time. People didn't even want to talk to me. And I was like, God, I feel like I'm already dead. And I feel like this is physically going to put harm to me. I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack or something of that nature where it was, you know, going to put me in a hospital and I, that would be, it would be over for me. So I just prayed to God and I was like, I don't, I don't know why I'm here, but I know, I remember the last time you spoke to me, I ignored you and I'm not, I promised I would never do that again. So God, I'm just asking for you to talk to me again, loud that I can hear it and tell me what to do. And a few days later, 
I just got a distinct voice that came from within me and I knew it was God. And he said, just leave, just leave this job. And I want you to start writing. Now, writing was never really on my list of anything that I thought I was capable of, or, you know, I wrote in college and in, you know, high school and, and dabbled from time to time, but I never thought of myself as a writer. I didn't really understand what that meant, but I promised myself, which was promising God that I would never ignore his message again. So I listened, I left, everybody thought I was insane. And I wrote three books in nine months. And I decided I I didn't know, I didn't really know what to do with them or what, you know, I should be doing with them. I published them, they're out there. And listening to the feedback of you know, what was coming back to me. And so much of what I wrote was not planned where people were seeing situations and how it helped them navigate in their life, how to get through a situation and really seeing how strong my connection was with God and people that have passed on and and my signs and symbols that I get. And that helped so many people that were grieving get through learning how to deal with Uh, somebody that had passed on as well. So I wanted to take the gifts that writing had gave me and take the gifts of all the jobs that I had that I thought I did a great job at and what I loved and enjoyed. And it was being able to look at people and work with people and see their true potential and see the goodness inside of them. And as I, I did that, I, I wanted to take the people that were on that low end list of these people are on their last morning. You know, we're going to have to let this person go because they're just not performing. And I really did a strong analysis of what that was and what that looked like. And I realized we, we were failing them. It wasn't them. They were doing what they could, but at the same time, they were getting defeated in their job. So I, I took what that looked like. And what we could do, because so many companies have so much to offer, but people don't know that and people don't know how to get there or how to find it or just too busy to look for it. So I took a team of 25 people and I'm like, this is the deal. You got one year and I want you to be the next level of what you are, not what, you know, you think the progression is of going from this level, this level to this level. I want to know who you are. I want to see what your potential is. I'm giving you all these people and resources to work with you to get you to what your next level is. And in, again, I think it was at least nine months, maybe less, those 25 people went into their next job. And then I did another 25, another 25. And then I took that model. And when I went to the next company that I was to work at, I, you know, made it, uh, customized for that business and did the same thing. And I realized in under four years, I had promoted over 550 people into what their next level is. Wow. That is amazing. <laughs> I mean, really that just, just listen to those numbers. Say that again, say that one more time. Cause I think once in a while we get, so we get caught up in the the momentum of all this information, yeah. but I think we need to pause for just a moment and say those numbers one more time of what you were able to do? Uh, Yeah, I was able to get about 550 people in under four years 
into their next level job, whatever that looked like. And it looked different for everybody. And if it meant leave the company and go somewhere else, like, fine. Because, you know, I don't want to let you go because I failed you. I want you to go because you're thriving and you need to go somewhere else. Like it's Mm -hmm. like spread your wings and go. And what that really does is they have not, they won't always remember you. And they will always say, if you don't know what you want to do or you're stuck, go work there just because they're going to help you and they're going to work with you and get you to where you need to be. And mm-hmm. I, I love now looking at some of these people. I, I try to stay in contact with a whole bunch of them. And I, I, I just have in, in mind one person right now. I don't know why, but he came in and he he was just sort of like a like a delivery messenger delivery type person that um, I had put, I was in outsourcing. So we outsourced people in different companies to do like mail rooms and copy centers and that kind of, that kind of back end work. I was, he was just so had such a great attitude and was so wonderful and he wanted to help. So he would always get himself like, Oh, I can fix that. Or I can help you with this. And he just knew what needed to get done, and he he was right on board right away and helped us kind of make these business plans um, for companies of how to you know be proactive to make sure things don't fall apart. And um, he taught so many people. I don't like we gotta we gotta put him somewhere. He's he's so great. Like I need to get him somewhere else. And he didn't ask for it or look for it, but you know I saw this potential in him. And it moved him to a different site where it was more of that skill set. And he thrived there. And he stayed there for a little while. And then he found a job that was like running a few buildings, like doing a maintenance for a few different buildings by around where he lived. And, you know, now he's like the director of, of all this maintenance and, oh you know, my goodness. yeah, I'm like, you know, he started as just a delivery guy messenger and he just brought this wonderful energy to the job and he got it and loved it. And, you know, he was like, what, yeah, what else can you teach me? What else do you need to know? And, you know, it, it really just makes me so excited to be able to help people like that to get to their true potential. And they didn't, you know, he's like, I don't know what I want to do. You know, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I, Deb, I've got some questions for you because you've shared so much information so far. And I'm like writing notes down and I, I want to get your words of wisdom. So the one of the things that comes to my mind is it's really not unusual at all, especially with kids who are graduating high school, deciding college, not college, or, or, or people in their 20s that are kind of searching. And one of the things that you said in the beginning was kind of differentiating what your goal was, what your dreams are versus someone else's. And I think that that differentiation is huge just in the starting out, because whether it's someone who's contemplating college or not, whether it's a person who's in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and they're trying to figure out what am I doing? Is this my dream? Is this someone else's dream? What what words of, of, of wisdom do you have for the listeners that might be listening, thinking, am I even living my dream? Is this even mine? Or am I just doing this because someone else told me all along the way, this is what you're supposed to do? 
I love the question and I'm laughing because uh, a few weeks ago, my friend, uh, he, he has a restaurant and I was, I was eating lunch there and he just took his son and dropped his son in front of me and is like, you need to talk to her because she's going to help you. <laughs> you don't have to live in this restaurant. You got to get out there. <laughs> He's like, I don't, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> it's really it was just so funny because it's exactly like the question you asked. Like, what do I do yes. with this kid? <laughs> there, It's hard to be in that age group right now because A, there is such a land of opportunity and there is so many open doors and there is no more of you have to do this to do this, to do this, to do this. Mm -hmm. You can Mm -hmm. really go rogue and go in any direction and make mistakes and start over. And it's wonderful. At the same time, that's great because we're looking at it backwards where they're looking at it forward and it could be overwhelming and it's just as hard as being told you only have this avenue. So Mm -hmm. it's very difficult I think for them, and I and I do work as a mentor at my alma mater and a few a few kids here and there that are you know friends, but I do get a lot of clients that are in their twenties and are like, I'm just totally lost. I have no idea why what my skill set is. I don't know what I should do, and and it is it is overwhelming. But what's important is to learn who you are, right? What makes you happy? What what you thrive towards, what gets you up in the morning and puts a smile on your face. What are those things? What are those qualities? What are things you enjoy to do in your personal time? So a lot of those skill sets are very important where, you know, if someone's like, I really like to play hockey, like that's so much fun. So you enjoy a team environment, you enjoy the rush, you enjoy, you know, the quick pace. But then there's someone that's like, I want to sit in my room and I want to be a sculptor or a very detailed painter. Okay, so that Mm. means a lot. You like to work alone. You like to be very detail oriented. You want to make sure everything is is perfect for what it's supposed to look like. You're a visionary. You could see things past that. So those are all things. And I don't believe in the quizzes. And I know there's a few people that are going to be like, Oh, but it's so helpful. Those Meyer Briggs and I, I don't care what your three letters are or what animal you relate to or what your color is. That doesn't, you can't go into a job and be like, I'm a pink elephant in an EQFTM. (laughs) Is that the word for you? (laughs) Over there. (laughs) Yeah. I know. I understand it's great. And, uh, but I don't think it, it, it's, it's just very generic and multiple, like multiple choice really spend the time to think about these important things. And you may not at that stage of your life, you don't understand what jobs look like. You you see glamour in jobs, you know, of, Oh, look at this movie star. They're so wonderful. It's like, do you know what their life is? It's not glamorous. It's really, really mm-hmm. not. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't like to travel, if you don't like to, you know, work with different groups of people all the time, that's not an exciting job. Um, You don't like numbers, don't become an accountant. You know, you don't like people, you don't want to work in customer service. You know, there's a lot we can get rid of right away. But really understanding who you are and in some of these details, then we can start to work on what kind of jobs match that and what kind of environments you like, what kind of environments you don't like. 
and you really get to narrow, narrow it down. And there are so many people that are willing to talk to you of, Hey, I really admire your career. Can I talk to you for, for a few minutes? And people would love that because if you had that opportunity to talk to somebody about a career choice beforehand, you might have made a different decision. So I really like to spend time and it's at every age, you know, there's people middle-aged that are like, I've been doing this job so long and I hate it and I'm miserable and I'm stuck here. It's like, well, you were probably always in the wrong job. And see, I liked the term that you said stuck here. That was another question that I was going to ask you because in a different scenario, you have people that they have been doing a certain job for quite some time, decades even, and they have all these responsibilities. They have financial responsibilities. They have expectations. They have families. They have all these things now. And they sometimes feel stuck. They they know that they're not fulfilled. They literally just like hate their job. They're, and you mentioned earlier some of the physical symptoms that can happen because we are a whole person. And if we, can, if we consistently have to go into a place and do something that we just dread with every fiber of our being and have to just pull everything within us to do it all day long and then turn around and do it the next day and turn around and do it the next day, it's almost like a part of you just dies. And so, you know, that becomes reflected in the body in terms of, you know, susceptibility to heart attacks and high blood pressure and all these things that are going to happen. And a lot of gastrointestinal issues, people end up having like irritable bowel syndrome, GERD, ulcerative colitis, all these types of things. So I'm really interested in your thoughts and your wisdom about those individuals. And they might be listening now. That might be the situation that they're in where they went down a path that they thought was the, either the path of least resistance or the path that other people were telling them to do. They didn't know. They were young. They didn't know. And then they started a family and then they bought a house and then they bought a car and then they bought all these things. And now they have all these bills. And so then they're like, I don't know how to extricate myself from this. They feel stuck between feeling like they're just dying a very slow death versus this unknown of not being able to, the fear of not being able to, you know, provide health insurance for their family or paying the bills, having the the power turned off, being evicted, they feel stuck. I mean, I'm really interested in your, your wisdom about those individuals. Yeah. And that's really a, a huge piece of my audience is that I call it the mid-career burnout because exactly what you said, you got into a job, then you got married, you had kids and you feel like you don't have a choice and you're stuck there. And you're not. I know it feels like it, but you're not. There is a dream out there for you. And if that's on your heart, that is where you're supposed to be. It's not supposed to be in this dead end job because you told yourself or somebody told you you can't leave because of all these things. And there's nothing more admirable than to show your kids of, I feel like I'm dying here if I stay at this job, but I'm going to do my best to get to my dream and I want you to be a part of it. I've seen so many families where they thought that was going to break their family, brought them closer together. Mm -hmm. And it's all about planning and conditioning and putting yourself in the right mindset, put yourself physically in the right place, spiritually, emotionally, And the most important that you're going to freak out about first and foremost is financially. So 
once you get to that place of exactly where I was, of if I stay here, I will die. I, I really physically felt I was going to die. And what was important, what's important to state exactly at this point is there was a huge part of me that did die because you know what? It was the old me trying to live in the person I was made to be. And it came to a place where both of these people couldn't live in the same body. So mm. that whole part of me did die because it didn't belong to me anymore. And it never really belonged to me. I was just carrying all this dead weight with me. So yes, it can eat you and it can put you in those unhealthy places. So the first part is making that choice of this is not for me and I need to get out. You know, there is a way and there is, you have potential. And if this isn't for you, it's time to go. And it's never going to be the right time. It's never going to be perfect. There's going to be people that are not going to be happy about it. And that is some of those clouds of dust you have to get through. And, you know, you need somebody that's outside of your world that is like, I get it. And I could see your potential and where you're aiming it. And I can help you get there. So the first part is just making that choice because that sometimes takes a lot to digest, to be like, I'm going to do this. The second part is to work on what your dream is and what that looks like. And if it's something where you're like, oh, I'm too old or I don't have enough education or I'm not fit, whatever that is, you know, we work on what that looks like. So is it getting all those things together, getting your health together, getting more education, you know, finance again always will come up. I don't have the money uh, to go back to school. I don't have the money to get a job because I have to start at a lower salary. All of that is stuff we tell ourselves instead of moving forward to find out the answers. Oh, I, it's health insurance. There's health insurance out there. You know, this, you're not die. You're not tied to a company because they only have health insurance. There's ways to get health insurance. If you're on your own, you know, there, there's all these avenues that we put these walls in front of us. It's like, nope, you can get that. Nope. You could fix that. Nope, nope, nope. But you didn't, I did all the homework for a long time. So, you know, just going into it, you're like, no, I can't. So it's getting through that. It's building a solid plan. It's getting your finances in order, getting your health in order, getting yourself emotionally and spiritually together and getting you the tools you need to get to what that next job looks like. And at the same time, you have to build your team, right? So you have your dream crushers and your dream team. And you need to know who is who and what is what. So you have to make your list of who's going to be on my dream team and who's going to be my dream crushers. Because you're, you're going to go home and you're going to be like, go to your spouse, your family, like, guess what? I'm leaving my job and I'm going to be an astronaut and it's going to be great. And we're all moving to Florida to be at the lunch. He's like, no, you know, everyone's going to be like, you're crazy. No. And then you know, dream, right? So you have to condition the story of guys. I have something really exciting. I wanted to tell you. And you have to be confident in yourself. If you're not there, you're asking permission from people. So you have to, it has to belong to you and be strong and confident enough that there is no answer. There is no, no, no is not an answer. So you have the conversation of, I am excited. I'm leaving my job. I have a plan. 
um, I'm going to school, I'm getting physically healthy, and I'm leaving my job in three months. They're helping me to get to this program, and I'm going to go work at NASA, and my dream is to become an astronaut, and I'm going to do everything I can to get to that point. And I want you guys to be with me on this journey. I want you to be excited about it because it's, it's good for everybody. And some people are going to take time. Some people are going to say no. And some people are going to be on board right away. So right away, you see what the split is. Now, if people are not on board and they're dream crushers, that's great. That's fine. You know what? Because they need time to be in your dream. You spent your whole life to get to this place. And now you're there and they're like, I've never been invited to this part of you before. So you have to understand just because you're ready and you're excited you, you have to give people time to get there as well. You know, not yeah. everybody's invested as your dream as you are, but when you invite people to be part of your dream, it's exciting. And once people see how you're dedicated to it and what you're doing and accomplishing these small goals along the way to get to that dream and you're not giving up, the more people will want to join your team. The more people that are dream crushers are all of a sudden your highest advocates that are cheering you on. And it really is a game changer. And then these people see it and they're like, well, I, I want to fulfill my dreams. I want to do all these wonderful things. I have a dream too. And it's like, great. Well, that's why we're all in a dream team together to all push each other and be on this journey together because we're all going to find new dreams and new things that we want to do. And you just watch how it blossoms and it's, it's beautiful. And, you know, um, the crazier it is, that's probably the first dream that's going to come true. <laughs> you know, you had mentioned your, your faith earlier in the interview. And I'm kind of wondering as we're talking about this, because I'm thinking about my journey and other people that I know of and what Deb is your uh, idea of the role of faith in all of this, in, in this journey? Oh, well, faith, faith is everything. I mean, I, I left my job because, you know, I asked God to help me and guide me. And if I didn't have faith, I would probably be in a hospital recovering or hopefully recovering from a heart attack or something, hopefully not something worse. So I'm grateful that I, I saw that vision and I asked God for help and I, wanted more than anything to not be two people. I didn't want a person that was on faith when it was convenient and on the weekends and when I was in trouble and then go to work and just be horrible and be a horrible person and, you know, not enjoy anything I was doing, you know, making decisions that didn't feel good. And it just wasn't me. And I was like, no, I'm leaving this job to live my life in my faith and be one person and whatever my career is, is going to be faith-based. And I am sick of being told I can't, I can't have that working in corporate America. It's like, well, then I don't belong in corporate America then. And, you know, once you, uh, you leave and I've, I'm working on an opportunity now that is so much more in depth business wise than I've ever been in. But you know what? It's it's for a faith-based company and it's for people living in their dreams and you know, getting them to where they need to be. And I didn't seek them, they they sought me out, they found me. So 
you know, and I'm like, God, you know, you, I went through all this for a reason. I didn't understand it then, but now all these doors are opening and it's like, well, I gave you all of this experience. So, you know, the skill sets that you need, but you also know now how to bring faith to it. You know how to bring your faith and religion. And now it's better because now you have both and you are one person and not two people. And when I look in the mirror, I could smile and recognize who I am because I know that this is my journey and this is what God gave me. And I have nothing but to rely on my faith in those horrible moments and those moments of uncertainty and anxiety to just say, well, I know God's loving me and protecting me. And if it's something this dark in front of me, that means there's something amazing behind it. And God's just going to walk me through this cloud of dust. And I just have to, to be in trust and, and hold his hands. That's awesome. I, I have my own faith journey in, in starting my podcast and, and my business and things that I'm doing in addition to the private practice. And a couple of stories, some biblical stories are coming to my mind about how God works in these ways. And one of them is when Moses was bringing all of the Israelites out of Egypt, you know, they were slaves and he was bringing them out and they got to the Red Sea. And then all of the the chariots, all the Egyptians realized, hey, wait a minute. And so they started running after the Israelites. And so here you have Moses and all of these Israelites trapped between all of the Egyptians barreling down in the chariots on them and then the Red Sea on the other side. Now, personally, you know, I would have liked God to just go ahead and let me know if I had been Moses, just let me know what's going to happen ahead of time. You know, go ahead and just part that sea. Let me see. Let me see the way out. But that's not how it worked. He asked Moses to actually step into the sea and put his staff down in the water to actually walk into the water, into into the Red Sea before he parted it. I think that's really, really interesting. And God does that. And there's several other biblical stories about that, how he asks us to go ahead and act as if there's a way out, act as if he is there, even though we can't see it. And so I think sometimes in this journey that you're talking about, that it's, you know, trying to make that do that step in that journey of faith and trusting God to part the Red Sea even though it's not parted yet. And we're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to get out of this? And then God says, walk into the water and put your staff down. And you don't know why he's asking you to do that. You're like, okay, we're about to be killed. Don't you know? I mean, the Egyptians are barreling down. I don't know why you asked me to bring all these Israelites out of, out of Egypt and we're, we're trapped. You trapped us here. And now you're asking me to walk into the water. Okay. But then as soon as Moses did that, the whole entire Red Sea parted. And I just can't even imagine the magnitude and the just the unreal, uh, the reality of what that must have been like. But the point was, God asked Moses to step into the sea before he parted it. And I think that lots of times if... You know, if, if listeners, if you're in a position in your life and you're you're leaning on God and you're praying and he you feel like he's leading you to do a certain kind of thing and you're like, yeah, but uh, but I can't really see my way all the way to the end. I'm a little this is a little scary. The answer is yes, it is scary. Yeah. And you do it. You do it anyway. If you're if you're trusting in the Lord and you feel like, you know, you've reached out, like you said, to your dream team, to your people and you feel like it's a good choice. Yes, it is going to be scary. 
know, looking, waiting for it not to be scary. You'll just be sitting there the rest of your life <laughs> or in true. a hospital bed with a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. It's I've, I've watched a lot of people in my life that happened to them of not being in their dream, being lost and being just sad and depressed and dying really young. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm absolutely not doing that. I don't feel like I was, I was brought here to be given a life sentence. I was given a dream. I wasn't given a life sentence. I, you know, I, I not here to be punished. I'm here to flourish. But I told myself for too long, I'm here to be punished. And you watch the dream cycle that you go through of how many times you tell yourself you don't deserve something or how many times you're always the victim or how many times you didn't go that extra mile because you're already exhausted by it. And then you just keep looping in this cycle. And it's like, well, how about I just at this point, just step out of this cycle. Why don't I give it a try? Why don't I eat carrots and celery sometimes? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I go for that? Why don't I just jog from here to the end of the block? Why don't I just give that one thing a chance, you know, and, and break yourself out of that cycle and start really small and see what works and what fits and what can really resonate with you that makes you want to go forward. If you don't have... Mm-hmm that dream and that vision of what you are brought here for or what makes you excited, you are going to stay stuck in that place. You are going to stay in that ugly, angry loop. And once you're like, I want to get out of it, you've already gotten out of it. You just need to learn how to run in that new loop and change Mm -hmm. the story and change the outcome. And you deserve it and believe in yourself because asking everybody else to believe in you before you believe in yourself is just not going to happen that way because you could see your vision and you had that chance to turn that light on inside of you and make it brighter and brighter. Someone else isn't going to turn that on for you. They can't get in there. Yeah, exactly. They can't get in there. It's not their mind. It's not their heart. It's yours. It's yours. You know, being a psychotherapist, I'm going to kind of toss out number one. I love the fact that you're talking about baby steps just if you can't do something, if you can't take, you know, a huge bite, I say somebody flops a, you know, 25 ounce steak in front of you and says, here, swallow the whole thing. Well, there's no way you can do that. But if you had a fork and a knife and you cut it in tiny bites, it'll take you a while, but you can eat the whole thing. So it's just kind of like, just take a small bite. And I know something that has helped me along the way is asking myself at the end of the day, am I any more progressed? Have I made any progress today that I hadn't made yesterday? However small, was it one email sent? Was it one conversation? Was it one epiphany? Was it one letter written? Is there anything today that I've accomplished that I didn't accomplish yesterday and then feel good about that? And also if there's, if there's somebody out there that is struggling with self-esteem and value and they feel stuck that they don't, they don't believe in themselves, maybe, Maybe they need uh, some therapy. You know, maybe they need to just spend some time with a therapist to kind of maybe work through some trauma that's stuck in there that's preventing them from seeing and realizing who they are and what their potential is. Sometimes we can do it by ourselves and take that small step and reach out and form a dream team. And sometimes we just, we need, you know, a, a therapist to kind of help along the way. And I, whatever we're talking about here, what we're talking about are possibilities, Building and a therapist could be a part of your dream team. 
you know, a person that's on there that's saying, here, let me come alongside and help you. Let me help you get rid of that old stuff that's telling you you're not worth this. You're not smart enough. You can't do this. Those messages did not come from you. Those messages came from external sources that you internalized. And so sometimes we need to get rid of those, whether we can do it on our own just by realizing that, or if we need someone else to come alongside and help us, either way, we can do it. Yeah, it, it, you definitely need help and you need somebody from the outside that's going to structure you, give you that accountability and get you through that. I, I call it, you know, post postpartum, those you had those moments of like, you know, a conversation and it could have struck something that happened to you when you were younger or at a job or in a relationship and, you know, bring back all those memories and that holds you back. But once you can identify those things and work with somebody like yourself, then, you know, it just really, you're not bringing all that baggage with you. Like you have Mm -hmm. to realize that a huge part of this is you can't, be like, oh, I'm going to have my dream and bring all my crap with me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, 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 no. that goes over there. That stays over there. I, I absolutely agree that, you know, using somebody like yourself is a key part of being on the on the dream team to help you get through those moments that um, you may not realize will come up, but they will. You know, one last vision has come to my mind, this image, and then I'm going to get the listeners to know how to find you more, how to get more information from you, Deb. But as I'm, as I'm listening to you talk, this image is coming into my mind of like someone wanting to go across some water, like a, a lake or a river or some such, and they're getting in a, in a canoe, but there's all of this baggage from the past and they get in the canoe to go across, but they're trying to put all the baggage in. When they put all the baggage in from the past, it causes the canoe to, to sink down so far in the water that it's taking on water. They're not going to be able to get across that water, that lake with all of the baggage. They're going to have to leave it on the shore to be able to get in the canoe and make it across to the other side where they want to be. You have to choose. If you want to stay with all that baggage, you're going to be staying on the shore. If you want to go across the lake and go to that new place, then you're going to have to leave all or, or some of that baggage behind because your, your canoe can't carry you and your dream and all the old stuff too. It's not going to work. Absolutely. So it's just like, leave it behind. So yeah. how can my listeners find you when they're so excited about what you're sharing and your messages about the dream and, and wanting to be able to do what it takes, you know, what are the next steps? How do they, how do they get a hold of you and be able to seek out the dream that they've lost so long ago? Oh, well, I try to make it easy as possible. Uh, so you could find me on my website, which is debbiecruz.com, D-E-B-B-Y-K-R-U-S-C.com. And I leave my social media as the same. Uh, Debbie Cruz. So it's at TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, YouTube. And if there's something else, then I. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a lot. You, I I was looking at your profile and you have a lot of social media. I'm very impressed with your social media presence. That's a, that's an area of improvement for me. So (laughs) I'm quite impressed with your, your uh, facility in that area. And I noticed you said that now, tell me if you're still doing this or not, but there's a note that right now 
it says to your website to book a consulting call, you'll offer a free download of Soul Meets yes. Body, your latest novel. Yes, I absolutely. wanted to include I'm sorry, that. I totally forgot about that. Yes, absolutely. I would love to give all your listeners a free download of Soul Meets Body and definitely reach out to me and I would love to do a consultation of what your dreams look like. And believe it or not, you're further ahead in your dreams than you realize. You think you're starting at zero, but you're not. You're starting from your place of experience and where you are and you're in arm's reach. So we can, I can help get you there for sure. Thank you. Thank you. And, and listeners, I will put all of this in the show notes. So don't fret if you're out running or, or doing something, washing dishes while you're listening to the podcast. I'm going to put it all in the show notes that you can access. So you'll be able to find Debbie anytime. So Debbie, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and you're willing to come and just share what your experience has been with my listeners. Thank you so, so much. Oh, thank you so much, Dana, for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So guys, I know you have heard so much in this podcast that you love and is so helpful. And you know what? Maybe it's helpful to you. Maybe it's helpful to a friend of yours. You're thinking, oh my gosh, I have a friend. I have a a relative. I have a coworker that I'm thinking they need to hear this episode. So share it. Put it on your favorite social media sites. If you want to copy and paste the link and text and emails, there's so many ways that we have of sharing our information so we can reach out and grow our Phoenix and Flame community so that we know that we're not alone. We're all in this together and we can reach out and help one another. So I hope you're having a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. This is Dana on Phoenix and Flame.